Welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. Hi, I'm Trisha. And I'm Chelsea. And uh, we have quite a few things to talk to you about today. Um, Of course, we're going to circle back to Ukraine. It's kind of hard to not (laughs) at this point. Um, We will be talking about Starbucks unionization. We're going to talk about the uh, trial um, in the Governor Whitmer, that's the governor of Michigan, uh, kidnapping plot. Uh, surprise, the FBI was involved. <laughs> they planned it. Yeah, yeah. And put it into motion. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about some North Korea missile launches. Um, actually what I want to talk about when we talk about that is the Red Scare narrative, frankly. Um, we'll get to that when we get there though. Um, we've got a video about, uh, nuclear concerns in the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um, we're going to talk about the companies that are pulling out of Russia and, um, how that might be short-sighted. Um, Meta Platforms Incorporated will allow Facebook and Instagram users to call for violence against Russians. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's not allowed just in general, but now if it's a Russian you're talking about, that's cool. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, according to, again, we'll get to that when we get to it, but that is according to internal Meta emails uh, seen Thursday by Reuters. Thursday today, seen today by Reuters. Well, and when we get to it, in regards to the prejudice and the McCarthyism, um, I have weird personal encounters, too, that are like, like these things are actually coming up in daily life from people that don't talk about this normally. Uh, and it gets, it's starting to get weird, even just in public when we're not in this little box that we're in right now. So. This liberal box. Little box. I said little box, but liberal Uh, box. No, we are in a little box. Okay. That's fair. I thought you were saying. We are not in a liberal box. No. Uh, Okay. That, that's what I was like. Uh. I've met the little box of social media and this podcast. I like the joke that we're stuck inside of this podcast stream and we should wait until we. Uh, but yeah, uh, no, uh, it's weird because people in general are starting to give you opinions that would not be socially acceptable or very polite. And, and now my interactions are getting weird. But these links that you're talking about that we'll get to, um, it'll come up then, but. That's fair. Um, I would like to take this moment to encourage everybody to share the stream, uh, to groups on Facebook or, you know, send it to some like-minded friends or, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got. But while I was looking down just now, that's what I was doing. Um, yeah, I shared it to Femtifa and my own page. 
Hell yeah. Um, Russia bombed a children's hospital, according to Ukrainian officials. Um, I I want to talk a little bit about Zelensky's repeated claims that the you know there's an ongoing genocide. I don't know that we should be using that term so freely. Yeah. Um, what is what is happening in Ukraine is a is a tragedy. Don't get me wrong, but uh. a war is not necessarily a, a a genocide. It can be, but it's not always that. It's kind of always just. I mean, war is awful, and we should not encourage it. Which taking sides only encourages that. But I, at I the same saying- time, it, it's. A heated reaction is not necessarily like I'm coming after only this type of people or thought process or religion or something like that. So, right. Whereas what Ukraine has been doing to East Ukraine and the Donbass for the last eight plus years, that kind of does qualify as genocide because they're specifically targeting ethnic Russians and Russian speaking people just for not wanting to be part of Ukraine's government anymore. So it's, it's kind of weird that he points that finger, but doesn't see how their own fucking actions qualify as that. I mean, to be fair, a lot of that, I'm not saying he didn't continue uh, policies, but a lot of that was uh, Petro Poroshenko. Yes. Yes. Um, Anyway, hi, Emily. Hi, James. Yes. Hi, James. Hi, Emily. (laughs) Haha, I reversed it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just say, who's your all? I guess I'll scroll to the top of the things that I have, um, which is... I went back too far. (laughs) Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott is... um, Calling on citizens, doctors, teachers, etc., uh, to report parents of dra- transgender kids for abuse if they are receiving gender-affirming medical care. We're talking about criminal penalties. We're talking about a system where teachers and doctors snitch out the parents. That's fine. Specifically... I didn't know that we were bringing this up, but this is this is a freedom of speech thing as well. Like gender affirming, you're still acknowledging what their medical situation is, but you're you're penalizing them for using words. Right. That in um a lot of people have falsely interpreted that of you know the gender affirming healthcare as meaning like underage kids getting bottom surgery when that's not the fucking case at all surgeons are not going to do that the healthcare that they're possibly getting is like right before puberty blockers hormone therapy blockers yes because it's that much harder to go through um surgery as an adult if you've already gone through puberty and say developed breasts that would then need to be removed etc um they're trying to actually 
help with puberty blockers and giving these kids a sense of like normalcy of, you know, in, in their own skin suit and for that to be demonized by people who don't even know what the fuck that means for underage kids who are trans, it, it angers me. You transition more smoothly the younger that you are. Um, yes. Yes. And surgery is also listed, but this letter from the governor where he's calling on licensed professionals, as I said, uh, teachers, doctors, etc., as well as members of, this is a quote, as well as, quote, members of the general public to report the parents of transgender minors to state authorities if it appears the minors are receiving gender-affirming medical care. The letter follows a terrible, if I may say so uh, bluntly, opinion released Monday by the Attorney General Ken Paxton, which stated that allowing minors to receive transition care, such as puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and surgery, is child abuse under state law. Yeah, what about when wealthy cis girls are allowed to get breast implants when they're underage because their parents go ahead and sign for them? Right. Yeah. Where's their outrage? So I actually did a paper on this, and also I'm non-binary, so I sort of understand this to a certain extent. Um, not completely, obviously, but um, I'm going to have to look at that because the atheist experience um, has covered this specifically. Uh, not to get into religion there, but they do have um, affiliations with organizations that actually show why, um, what the intentions are of the politician that is proposing these types of bills. Um, and it's not recent that I've watched that pot or listened to that podcast, but um, I used to like it a lot um, a couple of years ago um, and I've used it before. So, but I mean, I think it's a misconception also that we are taking uh, the we are taking our gender identity into account with our genitals. I mean, that means, I mean, people always say, Oh, you want to transition to this. And especially if it's a teenager doing it, like they want to have genital surgery, which is not always the case. A lot of trans people do not want to have gender or genital alteration at all. Um, but then at the same time, you have the double argument that I hear at my workplace um, where I'll listen to you once you go through gender affirming surgery or genital affirming surgery, whatever. Which is also um, incredibly invalidating. Yeah, no, I mean, so the, the argument goes both ways all of the time. It's like, well, don't let kids do this. But then also, if you don't do this, then you're not what you say you are, depending on what you have between your legs. It's all fucked, and I wish people would just leave trans kids and adults to the fuck alone. For real. I mean, the entire point is that our genitals have nothing to do with our gender. So right. we're not sending kids. I don't hear about kids being sent to a clinic. And who can afford that in this day and age also is what I want to know. Man, I can barely afford to drive to work. Right. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> but still, exactly, though. I'm just like, I'm sorry. Have you looked at our healthcare system? I mean, even if someone wanted to change their genitals, 
I mean, how are they going to do that? That's going to take a lot of work. And a lot of money. Yeah. Um, That's what I meant by work, but, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Paxton issued the opinion after the legislature failed last year to pass a bill that would have made it a felony to provide such care to minors. So the legislature failed on that. So luckily it's not, you know, a fucking felony. Are you kidding me to take care of your kid? It's a felony. You kidding me? It does not change the law itself, but can affect how it is uh, enforced. And in the letter, as I already said multiple times, but I'm going to say it again, just to try to drive it home. Abbott at, uh, tasked licensed professionals who work with children and members of the general public to report such claims. He added that state law provides criminal penalties for failure to report such child abuse. The fact that they're even using this language is fucked. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to read a... Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a quote from Christian uh, Menifee, the elected attorney who represents the Department of Family and Protective Services in civil child abuse cases in Harris County, uh, where Houston is. And he said in a statement that Paxton and Abbott, quote, are ignoring medical professionals and intentionally misrepresenting the law to the, uh, to the detriment of transgender children and their families. Um, he went on to say, my office will not participate in these bad faith political games. As the lawyers handling these cases, we owe a duty of candor to the courts about what the law really says. And we'll continue to follow the laws on the books, not General Paxton's politically motivated and legally incorrect opinion. So I do have to at least uh, I wanted to include that that quote because, um, well, I kind of wanted to pick it apart, to be honest. We will continue to follow the laws on the books. So what you're telling me is that you would be on the opposite side of this if the legislature had successfully passed the legislation. That. Well, and the problem... It's hard to it's hard to even address what the problem is because we have this concept of what the law says is right, and it, it, the problem is is that our concepts of reality are wrong, and so that is why the law is not going to be right, no matter how hard we try to make it so. It is not justice because we don't have a firm sense of allowing people to be who they are without setting them inside of the societal roles that we expect them to fill. Does anybody else have anything to add to uh, the discussion on that? I mean, honestly, we could rant about it forever, but, like, I'm disgusted, I guess. To sum up, I'm disgusted. Well, and we, we did kind of talk about this last night with the book club, um, specifically that one paragraph of her talking about how we don't need to assign certain roles and actions and trains of thought um, to one gender or the other, mm -hmm. and... 
that's what this really all comes down to. I mean, that's why they're attacking this is because they want, as in that analogy, they want boys to push wheelbarrows and they want girls to sit in them. Um, so. But what if the girl I know wants but, to push the wheelbarrow? Well, that's yeah. Exactly. I mean, what if I want to sit in the wheelbarrow? Well, yes. and then, and then uh, men, <laughs> posed men, get mad at the women because they don't have to push the wheelbarrow. And those men that get mad and oppositional uh, don't ever ask the woman if she wants to push it. Um, so, because <laughs> you like, hell yeah, like, right? You don't get to enjoy um, this. <laughs> well, and that leads to, that leads into the whole non-binary thing. And I think that to mm -hmm. an extent we've had those gender roles fall apart, but not enough, obviously. That's still what runs where we are. Um, but, um... I don't know. I don't know how to how to truncate or bring this down to size from the people that I've been raised by, but it's very common thing. It's yeah. all bullshit and it's bad for you, in the words of George Carlin. <laughs> you know, oh why is God. that not why is that not in our like list of captions here? So I don't funny. know, but it should be. I'm gonna do it right <laughs> now. Oh, so funny okay. story, I was actually at work yesterday and, and Wednesday is my favorite day at work because I just get to stock and like, I'm just constantly moving and I, it's like, I'm leaving. Like I just got there and then I'm leaving because I'm just like organizing things. And so, but I overhear another transphobic conversation about this person that uh, worked there before me. And I just was like, all right, I'm going into the cooler. I'm going to fucking not do this. But then also later on, I was stalking something and I'm listening. And this older lady at work, she goes, I don't like George Carlin. And I was like. Sucks for her. I was like. Oh, How do you not like George Carlin? I don't know. Because they were they started talking about SNL, how it used to be just jokes, <laughs> comedy skits and stuff. And now it's all political. And then she was just like, yeah, and I really didn't like George Carlin. He was too harsh. And I was like, dude, he was woke, like, talking politics before anybody was talking politics. And it was very yeah. general. It was not one-sided. It was very on point. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to take that. And I heard it. And I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah. Um, but so... I don't know. I, I guess to be honest, I'm just trying to like push to the next story because it ties in. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the don't gate or don't say gay bill in Florida. What? That's fucking gay. Florida. What? Oh, hold on. I'll, <laughs> I'll send the link. I have some talking points pulled out well, of it, but I'm going to send gay. the link in the, uh, the, the <laughs> stream chat here. Okay. And uh, by the way, Mr. DeSantis, Gay, 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 gay. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, Florida goodness. Senate passed a bill Tuesday um, that would prohibit, quote, classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in the school's primary school or in the state's primary schools. How the fuck are they going to do that when, honestly, this is something that needs to be incorporated? This is don't you ask, don't tell for fucking public schools. Yeah, for children. It's don't ask, don't tell for fucking children, for the love of fucking whatever. What? What the fuck, Florida? 
What the fucking fuck? What I mean, Senator Annette Tadeo, Democrat, said, this is going to endanger the safety of our LGBTQ students and adolescents. We will not stop until this state moves forward and actually values everyone in it, everyone no matter their sexual orientation. Um, I think that's what, largely performative. What are we going to do here? This, it says the parental rights and education bill passed in both legislative bodies, largely along party lines, um, like, what the fuck are the Democrats going to do to repeal this shit? Are they even a majority there in in the legislature? Legislature? I can't even fucking talk. This got me pissed. <laughs> like, how how are they even going to go about repealing this shit? If when it's fucking passed on Women's Day. That's utterly vomitous. Like. <sighs> What the fuck? Pride flag removals, so, bills targeting LGBTQ youth like this. You don't exist once again. So because we don't talk about you, you don't exist. Yeah. yeah. So like I, there was a quote that I put in in my notes in Slack here. It was a quote from Republican Senator Danny Burgess. He said, he said, this bill says... <laughs> Parents, your right to raise your children does not end when they walk into a classroom. This bill recognizes that parents are not the enemy. Oh, the bill simply says that there should be an age limit on certain discussions. It's not a new contact, uh, concept, nor is it radical. Well, he's right. It's not a new concept, uh, but it's pretty fucking fascist. Yeah. yeah, well, and yeah, it's definitely not radical either. You're like, nope, I've seen this before. Right. Radical would be going, no, we are actually going to take a positive stance on this. And starting in health and sex ed classes, we're going to talk about these things because it's fucking applicable. And we need to nip the prejudice shit in the bud before it fucking grows amongst the other students and ends up turning into fucking violence towards LGBTQ students. Well, and what? to flip that on and to flip that on its head, I can tell you that my parents are the enemy because they don't accept me for who I am. And I am not even a teenager. I'm not even in my twenties. Right. Natalie's got a good point here. Uh, and they leave open in the bill for what age they consider age appropriate. So what age? Right. Who determines that? They don't accept you as who you are, even in your 20s and 30s. They will never right. accept you for who you are. Right. And what about the views of the parents who aren't like that? The views of the parents who are like, no, I would like to be affirming of my child's gender and orientation, the whole nine yards. Um, where's their fucking say in this to go hold the fucking train? You're literally forcing this to be a bigoted space that is disinclusive of our kids. You know, how, what about those parents? You know, the funny thing is, is that, uh, you know, the Republican party as a whole, I mean, uh, obviously, especially in Florida, but the Republican party as a whole claims to be like the party of freedom, right? Then why are they always the ones that are infringing on the first and second amendments? 
Yeah, I was um, thinking this too, like in the back of my, I'm just like, you can't say words and you can't say more words. Right. To Republicans, you you only have First Amendment rights. I mean, you're just like, freedom of speech, but also uh, you can't talk about this because it makes me uncomfortable. Right. I mean, I've had these conversations with these kinds of people before. They shut them down. Once they accidentally open up a conversation because they think that you're going to agree with them, and then you don't, they're just like, well, I don't want to talk about this. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to find that Tucker Carlson video, too, when we get to Ukraine and Russia. But Wade's comment fucking reminded me. If Tucker can crush on the green M&M. Yeah. I just finished finished biology, so I know about interspecies breeding. Oh, you you know all about uh, human M&M relations? Ask me something about biology. I'll use Quizlet, and then I'll get back to you. Oh God! And oh, see God. now, my fucked up brain is trying to do the math on how would you get even a micro penis into an M M&M? and M? It, it's never mind. Did, what is the what is the dude equivalent of like a yeast infection? I don't know, but that would definitely be asking for it. <laughs> and actually, it would just be a yeast infection because. Men can get but yeah, all that sugar would definitely be asking for it. So awkward. So uh, you know, the the resident PhD candidate said Quizlet is the real MVP. <laughs> yeah, because I am not a biology major, so uh I I have gotten an A in that class without knowing anything that I did. As a biology major, I recommend that. <laughs> Dude, even like the the high grades you've been getting in there and shit, and it's it's fucking beautiful, especially when you're like, I don't give a fuck about this. Oh, I was <laughs> screaming for eight weeks. I was screaming for eight weeks. I bet. I'm a sociology major. That's why I'm here right now. But Gen Ed. <laughs> so, yeah. well yes but i mean this was my hobby and then i and so now i'm getting into that next semester like the real shit but i'm just like right. biology shove it up your butt right it's always annoying and dude i understand why they do it to make sure you have a well-rounded education but it's so frustrating to be forced to take general ed classes that don't fucking apply to your degree at all um, especially if you're not likely to use the knowledge. Especially even. if you're trying to fucking an M&M. Yeah. The fuck, Tucker? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, wow. So did you guys hear that the government's not shutting down tomorrow? Uh, no, come again? Huh? The, I didn't know gov- you were thinking about it, but I've been kind of distracted today. Uh, the, the House uh, passed a funding bill to avert a, a government shutdown and, of course, funnel money to Ukraine. You want to guess how much it's going to cost us to keep the government uh, operating till September? Mm, oh, fucking 
one and a half one this is why they're not giving us fucking health care they're just like oh, you know what? we'll just start a war and we'll get everybody fucking hyped up for it and then we'll send all of the money that we should be getting while i'm taking etc because my fucking teeth hurt and everything will be fine we'll just all keep arguing with each other and still get fucking nothing right Meanwhile, Ukraine got that. five that million to fund their coup in 2014. Nazis. They've gotten billions since We're... to fund, arm, and train Nazis. And now they're getting $14 billion more of our fucking tax dollars to and further people, fund Nazis. And people coming to our page calling themselves anarchists defending that. Yeah, no, that's not anarchy at all. Ask Zach. I don't know. Ask your local meme lord. That may or may not be an excellent idea. Depends on the meme lord. That's as far as I'll go. I just needed to make the joke. But this is not anarchism. We have anarchists talking about how they support that we are funding Ukraine instead of healthcare. Yeah. That's why they're anarchists, because they just pick and choose whatever the fuck they want to I mean, they're the same fucking anarchists that are saying buy a Tesla when people are bitching about high gas prices. Like, well, people in Ukraine wish that they could complain about high gas prices. Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, no. See, the last time I checked, to be an anarchist means you refuse to be governed over and refuse to govern over anyone else how does supporting funding nazis qualify for either of those things and and besides i would like to say that an injury to one is an injury to all and if you you. don't see the sanctions as short-sighted actually i'll save that because that's a thing we'll talk about that that is a whole thing that is a whole thing that is. Uh, we'll, we'll talk this about that later. The oligarchs on either side. But I will say, before this happened with the funding, I mean, it was summed up really well when I saw someone say, um, if two sides align at, on the same end, you are definitely being lied to. And, and we are being lied to. That. It's yeah, been this, this is a this. bipartisan bill, um, yeah. and when the it's expected to pass in the Senate. That says all you need to know about it. Right. When they show you that they are the two heads of the same fucking monster, it's time to pay attention and look for the lies. Look for the bullshit. And this is a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Dude. I'm looking through the breakdown here for just... Yeah, I have that in my notes. That's what I was... So Six and a half billion dollars to their defense department right off the top. Yeah. With three and a half billion to replenish equipment sent to Ukraine and another three billion for U.S. troops who are helping to defend NATO. Huh? Uh, who? I mean, this is going to get, I think that this is going to get very bad. Well, I mean, now Poland has some of our anti-missile systems. And, um, I'm, I'm kind of concerned about that as well. Cause I mean, you know, if we've got, well, we already know that we've, we've got infantry there. We've got armor there. Um, we've got planes there. We've got missile systems there. 
But, like, the point is, though, that we're starting to, like, give the use of some of these things straight up to Poland. That. And, I mean, yet you still got Biden on the TV on the fucking glowing boob tube every night talking about how we're not going to escalate. We didn't. We didn't take Poland's jets because we're not going to escalate. Okay, you want to know what the State Department said? That we should take the parts of plane or take apart the planes and send them to Ukraine to be reassembled. Because that's somehow different than sending them a whole ass plane. It's less it's more escalatory. Costly. It'll be more funding going to fucking private contractors that, you know, are buddy buddy. That are going to be taken apart and putting them back together. Fucking politicians lining their friends' pockets. What the fuck? And, and to add insult to injury, this says that uh, this spending bill originally had allocated $15.6 to go towards COVID pandemic response, but they cut that funding. Pelosi was all like, but we're going to pass a separate COVID funding bill. No, the fuck you're not. You would have included it in this. Right. If you didn't have the support yeah. to pass it as part of a package funding bill, you're not going to have the support to pass it without burying right. it in probably a thousand pages of legislation. This, this is so fucking nauseating. This is disgusting. This is what the fuck they do with our taxes. And the only thing I can really fucking recommend here is maybe quit paying your federal taxes. Tell them, fuck you. Send them a little letter with you know, the paperwork that should have a check included if you owe in and instead give them a note saying, fuck you. You're not spending my money how I see fit. So I just am not going to give you the money. What are they going to do? Try to fucking well, seek the IRS on the entire po fucking population. But you or do you realize that the majority of Americans have their taxes, you know, coming out of their paychecks, coming out of their paychecks. True. And so I'm saying like that you, that's why I specified like if you owe money to pay in just withhold that shit send them a note like this this is something we need to do I <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it other than defund the fed well, it's not even just the, like, when you say the Fed, I automatically assume the Federal Reserve, and I know that you're referring to the government in this case. Federal but, government. But, but that, because yeah. fuck the Federal Reserve, too. There's nothing federal about it. It's a privately owned bank. Yeah, du dude, our entire, okay, so, like, we call the Russian oligarchs, oligarchs, and their ill-begotten gains because they privatized the Soviet Union, right? But, like, what about... Hours that privatize America. Right. I mean, pretty much from day one, if you really get down to it, but especially since the 80s. Or like, what about how all of their wealthiest people combined have less money than Jeff Bezos, than our Elon Musk, riches. and fucking um, What's-His-Nuts, Windows. God, I can't remember his fucking name. The computer guy. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Yeah, that one. So three of our oligarchs hold more wealth than all of Russia's oligarchs combined. But 
they're they're bad guys and not to say that they're not but all of them are bad guys but mostly ours more so ours ours are exponentially more exploitative than theirs well no specifically with that uh fake miss ukraine joining the ukrainian army posing with her airsoft gun yeah well and so in the article in which it's like is she joining the army no she's not inside of that she specifically says uh we are confronting the great oppressor of the 21st century or the the bully or something like that uh or a great invader that's what it was it was the great invader of the 21st century and i was like where have you been yeah i mean i'm not sitting here defending any of these billionaires i mean our new well yeah why do you think they they can't be like is rihanna and she can go fuck herself too but she's only got That's one billion dollars. I'm like, fuck all the billionaires. But at the same time, like, who, what are we talking about here? Like, you, you the great invader of the 21st century. I mean, we have bases all across the entire world. And we're sitting here pointing fingers at Russia. Like, we're supposed to. No, let's to be real. We're sitting here pointing missiles at Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me, actually, let me cl- further clarify. We're sitting in Poland. Pointing missiles at Russia. We're sitting in uh, Estonia, Lithuania, mm. Hungary, pointing missiles at Russia, and trying to acquire How dare they say back the fuck NATO off. in order to be sitting in Ukraine with missiles pointing at Russia. That's that's been the goal from the start of all of this bullshit of NATO and the U S government trying to use Ukraine as their personal fucking toy over there just to lock down more ground to point missiles at Moscow. And gee, we can't figure out why it pissed Putin off. And I mean, like, I'm not saying by any means that the invasion is uh, warranted, at least, especially not on the scale that it's been. And I'm definitely not saying that Putin's a good guy. We've actually been Shitbag. not a friend of Putin. We we covered the, the Navalny stuff back, what, what was that, last March? When he was uh, jailed upon his return from Germany? And, you know, this is something I actually find really fucking ironic that, okay, in in those bills that we were discussing as far as the bans, in there, part of what they deemed their terms that they expect Russia to meet in order to lift those bans is for Russia to make amends to Navalny. And it's like, you already fucking know that they're not going to do that. I'm pretty sure they still have him locked up. I don't know. It's been a minute since I checked. However, do they really fucking think that they are going to basically um pay him damages Uh, yeah there's my dog again she likes to be the center of attention but do they really think russia's gonna pay him damages for having tried to kill him and then locking him up also i part of that irony is really the u.s is backing the leader of the communist party there what what but they won't even call him a communist in western media no, they, they call won't. him opposition. 
Listen, yeah. Sarah, you should give us your opinion if you're going to be in here right now. <laughs> she is. She's just giving. She starts talking, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of your attention right now, and you're not giving it to me. <laughs> so uh, I, I just got mean mugged by my puppy. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I guess since we're already talking about the Ukraine-Russia situation, anyway. Um, which I kind of did intentionally because the spending bill was largely about Ukraine anyway. Um, but I'm just going to pull up the good old CNN live updates just because, you know, they, they update often. Um, not because I think they're a particularly great source, but anyway. Um Suburbs of the Ukrainian capital, Kiev, and northern parts of uh, Chernihiv. Chernihiv. You know, I've actually heard this city a, a, a lot on the radio, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. Um, it's okay, I destroyed like 37 Russian names last week. Shit happens. Fair. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna screen share. I thought uh, Scott knew that we were on. He should come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah be like you're saying that wrong. You're saying that wrong. So right. these are fuel storage tanks at the uh, now Russian-controlled Antonov Air Base. Um, this is a series of apartment buildings. You see, they're all smashed to hell. And I, I just want to address actually with that. Okay, I don't necessarily think that we should be calling it war crimes that civilian areas are being attacked when the Ukrainians have made it so no male age 18 to 60 can leave the country. They have to pick up a gun and fight. And they're more than likely being encouraged to fire from civilian places so they can be like, war crimes! even though we dropped two atomic bombs on civilian centers in Japan. Right, that. That. Um, I'd also like to point out that Russia built those apartment buildings. They did. They did. Um, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say Russia. The Soviet Union. The Soviet Union. Yes. The communists built the housing. Who would have thought? Right. So, yeah, it definitely calls into question, like, are people hanging out their apartment windows throwing these Molotov cocktails that they are being armed with or shooting down at the people coming through with the guns they've been armed with and not fucking properly trained? The guns that they can pick up at their local yeah. police station free of charge. I'm the minister of Molotovs, and I didn't give them any Molotovs. <laughs> That's because you would probably be, I don't know, handing them out to the civilians who are trying to overthrow all of the government shit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm really surprised that we haven't seen uh, any, you know, groups try to, like, seize the moment uh, in that regard. Because, I mean... Exactly, James, thank you. Uh, no, I don't think that forced fighters are the right thing to do. And 
just to call out the opposite side of this as well, uh, the Russian foreign ministry admitted that they are using conscripts in the Ukrainian conflict now. So fuck them too. Just if we haven't made that clear. Fuck every government involved in this. If anybody's wondering, fuck them all. Like, you it was know, very centrist of you. <laughs> it's just very anti-authoritarian and anti-imperialism of me. <laughs> of fuck all of the governments involved in this. You're not a real anarchist. No, I'm yeah. not. I know, I'm, I'm right? Not, I, I mean, mean I'm, right. I'm not one. <laughs> um. Wade said we wouldn't see uprisings in Ukraine. But no, what we might see, though, is uprisings in Russia. And uh, since Western media has, like every outlet pretty much, has shut down operations in Moscow, uh, well, Russia as a whole, but most of them operated out of Moscow, uh, we don't really have any sources. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter have all been cut off in Russia as well. Uh, we, we don't have any way, but we do know that they have, there have been mass detentions and mass arrests. Uh, people are, are risking 10 to 15 year prison sentences to go out and protest against the invasion anyway. Those are the people I stand with. Yeah. And I mean, obviously the, the, the civilians who were not able to leave Ukraine, who were forced to fight or die i mean honestly i really feel for them too and um that being said we shouldn't have been involved from the get-go that i mean and then if it's just russian propaganda and censorship bad then why is russian media or uh people who are spreading Russian propaganda being censored and no. people who back NATO and the state department are being plastered everywhere and encouraged to incite violence. No. And I mean, most people are totally okay with this because it's presented in the manner of fuck this country. You don't get to have nice capitalist things because we're capitalists. And in reality, it's like, you are cutting off the perspective of these things. Um, like specifically last week, I really did like that video of that little old lady because those are a lot of things that you don't get to see. Um, right. So. And I mean, she was very honest, like, well, this is, this is how most people here feel, but nobody's just going to tell you that. And I mean, yeah, I doubt if that. And that's and and to round it back to earlier conversation, that's what Republicans are trying to do here with pretty much anything. I mean, even Democrats too, but specifically with the trans thing. But like at the same time, I mean, we are we are doing the exact same thing. It's just not hitting us as hard, and people are not realizing that while we might not being be being tracked down in the streets necessarily. We are not allowed to post certain things on the internet. We are not allowed to talk about them. 
and that you get put on a list even if you do talk about them and it gets past those um triggers so and especially now i worry a lot more like not all the time but more than i did before it used to just be jokes and now it's getting to the point where it's getting much more serious that i think that we would get to the point where we might not be okay if we keep talking i'm gonna keep talking so it's fine but still keep talking but we'll probably natalie said i think youtube is allowing russian citizens still rt has been taken down lee camp's channel rt america is gone literally overnight rt america is gone um which by the way i found to be one of the lesser biased american news sources for the record um it may have in part operated with funds from the kremlin but (laughs) i i saw them trying far less hard to lie Um, you want to know what's really funny actually, because it was situations like this when it was formed radio free Europe is no longer broadcasting in Russia. Wow. Radio free Europe was fucking literally put in place to broadcast in Russia when it was against the law. So that that's interesting, right? Um, Natalie, I'm going to have to do some scoping on YouTube and see if I can find uh, some some Russian citizens, some, you know, anti-war protest footage. Um, or if one of you want to look, that would be cool. But yeah, um, that's definitely something that we need to discuss. Anyway, live updates, right? Oh, hey, we have a new update. What is it? Ukraine has lost all communications with Chernobyl. Um, I believe that I actually have a video. I do. I I do. This is from. So you can hear that then. Yeah. What? Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. I did hear that. All the fur babies want to say hi tonight. So I have a video for this new update, actually, even though the video is from yesterday. Um, I don't think it's a huge deal that they lost communications, to be honest. Um, the Well, listen to what the International Atomic Energy Association says, because they probably know more about nuclear power plants than you or I. I would guess so. Or Ukrainian media. But anyway. The International Atomic Energy Agency says there is no critical impact on safety right now, but that losing power at the defunct Chernobyl plant violates a fundamental safety precaution. The facility was seized by Russian troops in the first hours of the invasion. Now, Ukraine says power lines to the facility have been cut by fighting in the area. Emergency diesel generators have kicked in, but according Note that they did not say which side caused it, which, of course, they're probably never going to know. But the point is, I do wonder, much like the uh, Zaporizhia uh, power plant 
the the fighting that the video was showing was at such a low angle. Such a low angle. I, I don't see how it could have been an oncoming assault. And I guess what I'm getting at is I tend to wonder if the Ukrainian military is, uh, you know, like, for example, knocking out the power at Chernobyl simply to be like, see, we need international assistance, war crimes, nuclear war crimes. Right. Get them. We did war crimes and we want to blame it on, on Russia. Yeah. Because, I mean, that that's pretty much what all of this is. Ukraine's been committing war crimes against their own people for fucking years. So would it be any surprise if they're still doing it just for international attention? Mm-mm. No. Right. Anyway. According to the Ukrainian foreign affairs minister, they can only power the plant for 48 hours. In a tweet, he says, after that, cooling systems of the storage facility for spent nuclear fuel will stop making radiation leaks imminent. The IAEA says for now there is enough water in the cooling reservoirs, but it also confirms its access to sensors at the facility has been cut. This Canadian nuclear expert says he trusts the UN agency, but he'd like it to be there. They should be allowed into the facility and all the facilities in the Ukraine uh, so that we do have an expert and independent voice on these issues. And it seems like that communication has been cut off, which, which is disturbing in itself. Now, there are also developments with the Zaporizhzhia nuclear power plant. Russia attacked and seized that facility. Time out, time out. How do you do this for a living and you say nuclear? <laughs> but also, back to what the last guy was saying. like It's like saying Chipotle. Okay. I hate it. Um, <laughs> how does he even think that representatives from the UN coming into those sites would be unbiased? I mean, that too. But that being said, I'm willing to bet that uh, Russia knows how to take care of a nuclear reactor. They have multiple. The Russians are the ones that shut down, well, started shutting down the, the reactors there to begin with. The Russians have, se- uh, the Russians rather have several uh, reactors of this type that they still operate to this day. Um, You know, I really wish that I had more time on my hands. I would watch more of his streams because he does seem to have a pretty unbiased take on it. I mean, I feel like he leans a little too far to the stand with Ukraine thing. But on the other hand, I recognize that it comes from a good place. So, you know, it's not like I'm believing this because the State Department tells me to. It's more like I see people suffering and I want to help them. Um, anyway, where was, oh yeah, video, that's where I was. Yeah. Last Friday, the biggest nuclear power plant in Europe, Ukraine's energy minister is accusing Russian troops of holding the staff hostage. Russia propaganda machine. He also claims the staff is being forced to participate in a video that's being produced to depict everything as being fine. They're being forced to participate in a video that was clearly only made to show that Russia says everything fine. Like, 
the 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 entire narrative on this, which I mean, I'm not surprised because it's on global news, but this piece came from Radio Free Europe. Um, but yeah, I mean, like everything has to have that fucking Russia bad vibe, you know, like. Oh, yeah, see, they made this video of our tortured staff to show that they're not being tortured. I don't, I just don't get the mindset, dude. Spin doctor's gonna spin. Just saying. Yeah. Russian Foreign Ministry, meantime, says its troops seized the facilities to prevent Ukrainian nationalists and terrorists from causing a nuclear problem. Now, of the two, the Zaporizhzhia plant is more modern and less likely to be a problem in terms of radiation leaks. Chernobyl is older, but it does have two containment structures over it. The last one was put in place just six years ago. Experts say if there was a problem, it shouldn't be as serious as it would have been without those containment structures. It wouldn't spread as widely, but it could be a real problem for staff. Donna? Mike Armstrong in Lviv, Ukraine. Thanks. Yep. All, all that did was just make my brain go, if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna start rapping like on every stream about like what the fuck last night it was a uh, dude did you see that redfish bluefish <laughs> fucking tiktok yes to eminem yeah I, I forget what song it was but yeah Without me. <laughs> that that was pretty great yeah i shared that one i figured my teacher friends would love it Hey, Ice Ice Baby is not a cool song because he didn't come up with it himself. Yeah, no, it was it was a whole bunch of clips of theft from other songs. We can fight about it if you want. No, I'm kidding. We can't. Um, <laughs> not worth the energy or the headspace, but you know. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else did we? Have? I know where you're going with that. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> Uh, the, the supposedly stalled 40 mile long Russian convoy near Eve is now largely dispersed. Whoa. What that really means is redeployed, to be honest. They've been uh, repositioned uh, into forest and tree line areas. Um, and there are. Surprise, still, uh, I would imagine that they're using the airbase as, as like a staging area, right? Like, they took it over. They're not just going to leave it empty. Anyway, uh, 10 miles west of the airbase, a number of fuel trucks and what appears to be multiple rocket launchers uh, are <coughs> seen positioned in a field near some trees. Uh, oh, excuse me. Actually, actually, that's still, that's a significant chunk of the convoy right there. Shit. So you see the, the rocket launchers in a field and you see a shit ton of fuel trucks. 
Right. This right here disproves that whole fucking line people were telling you of like, oh, their convoys broke down. They're running out of gas, blah, blah, blah. No, they, this is literal, typical Russian war stance of they surround cities. And beat the hell out of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's what they've done forever. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of how they took Berlin. I'm just saying. It's effective. It's what they do. They're not broke down. They are surrounding these cities one at a time and shutting shit down. That being said, Mar um, Mary eh, Mariupol, or Mariupol, uh, the Americans seem to pronounce it Mariupol, but everybody else says Mariupol. That place. Yeah. Um, I say the Americans as if I'm not one. I'd rather <laughs> well, not I mean, be one. We, Does we that do count? Have a bit of disconnect from Merck. Have you seen the Americans? Right. The show? No. You brought it up, I think it was last week, and I have had goddamn near zero free time. It's so that good. Show's epic. Fucking epic. I love it. Epic. Hi, there's cat booty on the screen. Epic. Um, so <laughs> let's see. What else do we got in these updates while I'm uh, before I move on to the next thing? Uh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got uh this was also yesterday, but it's still been a big thing in the mm -hmm. press today. Uh Part of an armored convoy was uh, destroyed in an ambush. I need to restart that. There we go. Uh, now, the problem is, I want to say this, too. The problem is, especially from a distance, I have a very hard time distinguishing what is Ukrainian and what is Russian because it's the same equipment. The Russians have been putting the letter Z on their um, vehicles, supposedly, but obviously this is not close enough to tell. And obviously that that previous tank shot didn't show either. So, anyway. Була розбита голова колони. По попереднім даним, в голові колоні був командир шостого танкового полка. That's that's part of why I wanted to talk about this. I forget the name of the general, but supposedly they took out one of the top commanders, the Ukrainians. That is. Які був знищений. Хлопці відпрацювали засаду. Actually, I should ask. Can you read the subtitles, or should I make the video bigger? I think you should make it bigger. I mean, I can read it, but it is pretty small. There. I'll start over. Is that better, though? I think for, I mean, just everybody watching that. Двинулась колона в сторону Києва. Колона була велика. Була організована засідка. Була розбита голова колони. По попереднім даним, в голові колоні був командир шостого танкового полка, який був знищений. 
От. Хлопці відпрацювали засаду дуже професійно і чоловік приїхав 15.02 в Москву. Результати засідки це мінус два танка, мінус БТР і мінус особового складу приблизно 30 чоловік, в тому числі і командир полка. У мене вилетіло всі три РПГ, ну правда, чесно признаюся, один РПГ пролетів мимо, не попав. Два РПГ точно в ціни. Потім вони почали відступати нижньою дорогою, так називаємо. Cozy, cozy tank. No, I'm kidding. Um, let's see. Um, so Ukrainian authorities say 20,000 people were uh, evacuated from the Sumy region today. The mayor of Mariupol, Vadim Boyshenko, has issued a furious video message condemning Russia for its cynical and destructive war against humanity. Uh, and he went on to say, it's genocide that was created by the Russian army with Putin. Um, and also, we, we already brought this up, but I just want to reiterate, Russian forces have encircled Mariupol. Uh, but they have not yet taken it. And, um... They have also surrounded Kiev, which was one of the things discussed in uh, that video that I just sent you on Facebook Messenger. Um, Russell Bentley is on the ground in Ukraine and has been giving updates regularly on um, Regis Trembley's YouTube show. And that was one of the things they were discussing on there is they've actually got Kiev re surrounded now and are about to take it. Uh, that one. You want a screen share? You want me to grab it? Uh, you can grab it. I think that I'm going to take a short break. Ooh. Okay. While you do that. What was that music? That was the music starting on the on the video. It automatically started Whoa, playing. Okay. I thought he was like, I'm going to take a short break. And then he was like, here's a little elevator <laughs> song. I was like, right. what's going on right now? Have some music. Yeah. She is flipping um, never does this i don't even know what's going on right now she is demanding the mama lovins okay uh, do, do, do. there we go Fuck. Yeah, that's, that's welcome to a special that was... report on global conversations russell bentley from donetsk is with us tonight it's May the uh, 5th, 
Uh, Russell, welcome. Well, uh, March the fifth, right? Name. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, Russell, um, there's a lot that's happening. It's it's happening really fast. The first thing I need to ask you about is what happened today in Mariupol. We were watching on television, and we heard that the close Nazis your, there, your taps. who control the city, blew up a building, uh, and okay. supposedly there's 200 women and children, civilians in the basement of this building. What have you heard? Can you confirm that? That is confirmed. Uh, I've seen photographs. I mean, the building is referred to by its address in Mariupol. I've seen photographs of before it was destroyed. They know exactly where it is. Uh, it's about a three or four story building, large, uh, like multi-family dwelling, like apartment building or something. It's not nine stories tall, but three or four, something like that. And uh, there were uh, uh, supposedly 200 civilians, mostly women and children, uh, in the basement of this building when the Azov Nazis blew it up. So, there, you know, the people in the basement are not necessarily, you know, blown up, but they're buried under, you know, multi-tons of rubble in an active combat zone. So it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's an extremely serious, serious situation. And, uh, you know, those that are not killed by the explosion, you know, I mean, it's, you know, the chances of them getting uh, unburied and, and, and taken out alive, you know, are extremely slim and, you know, getting slimmer by the hour. Um, the Nazis, uh, you know, the Azov Battalion Nazis, which are genuine Nazis, it's no way uh, exaggeration or rhetoric to call them that. They have Nazi symbols on their uniforms and posters. Um, they, you know, they, they certainly absolutely use Nazi uh, military techniques and uh, they are rigging up the whole city. At this point, they know that, that there's no escape for them. And so they're basically, you know, they're gonna do as much destruction and evil as they can before they are uh, dealt with permanently. And so this is just an example of, of what kind of true Nazi tactics that they're using. Yeah, I was at a, uh, a meeting today at the uh, Vemespi Center, uh, the Center for Disabled and Handicapped Children. They had a, an event today and several of the parents uh, have relatives in Mariupol and they were telling about conversations they had as late or early as this morning. And they said their relatives were in the basements of their homes, their apartments. They did have enough food, but there are many people in Mariupol that do not have enough food. And the situation is dire. Of course it is. It's, uh, I mean, particularly when you understand the context, bro. Uh, I mean, okay. So first of all, it is, you know, it is beyond a doubt and absolutely proven that the Russian and Nova Russian DPR forces are being extremely careful not to harm civilians and not to do damage to uh, civilian infrastructure. You know, I mean, first of all, um, you know, the Russians understand that eventually 
they're going to be they're going to you know they're going to defeat the ukrainian military they're going to disarm and disband the ukrainian military they're going to remove the current puppet regime um that you know controls the nazis um and at that point russia becomes you know responsible for the human conditions the human situation in ukraine so you know every you know apartment that's blown up that has to be rebuilt you know they have the russians have to find a place for the people that used to live there to stay you know i mean every you know dead civilian you know russia has to not only bury but also has to deal with the family members that might blame the russians for killing that uh civilian you know what i mean so russia has every reason to be careful about civilian plus these are russian people many of them with you know uh, not in mariupol but you know they're russian people they don't have russian passports in mariupol but russia is still being very careful the nazis understand that you know there's no way that anything is going to happen i mean they, they can go you know the easy way or the hard way but the russians are going to take control of mariupol and as much of ukraine as they want you know that can't be prevented yeah and of course this very slow advance of the russian forces is being used in the western media in america to show how valiant the heroes and the ukrainian defenders are being they are distorting everything entirely uh including the numbers of casualties on both sides completely distorted um and so i i want to make it clear and i you are making it clear that this russian advance is very calculated and going according to plan with the main objective really the main objective apart from demilitarization and the denazification of ukraine the main objective is to reduce the number of civilian casualties and infrastructure destruction correct that is exactly right and i mean okay so for instance today just today there was uh, a negotiation for a ceasefire and a humanitarian corridor for civilians to evacuate from Mariupol. Okay, so what's been happening for the last few days is these Nazis that control Mariupol, the Azov Battalion, they've been slaughtering the people, the civilians that tried to, you know, to escape, to flee from the combat zone, to leave Mariupol. They, I mean, I've seen multiple, multi, you know, I mean, like a dozen or more videos of, you know, uh, either people, you know, by the cars full being machine gunned as they try to leave on in the car down the road or else, you know, a, a horrific video of, of a guy coming up on like a couple of cars full of people that that had been everybody's dead. The cars are just sitting there like you know at night still running or with their lights on or something and this guy comes up to try and help or something and starts seeing exactly what happened you know and his girlfriend gets out of the car and starts coming up you know i mean it just 
horrific, horrific, you know, and then all of a sudden somebody from the woods starts shooting at them, you know, I mean, so there's been an intentional prevention of people to leave, you know, the, uh, the policy of keeping civilians as human shields is not simply a tactic. It is part of the main strategy for how they were going to conduct this operation. The attack against the Donbass itself when they came into the city, when they were going to come into the cities. And now, since the Russians have preempted that, that is part of, uh, you know, their absolute defensive strategy is to not let civilian leave, civilians leave. And I mean, with every hour that passes, uh, it makes it, you know, more difficult for the Russians to advance. I mean, they've actually lost momentum and military initiative at this point. The Russians agreed to a ceasefire today. The, the Russians have ceased their advance right now. They said, okay, uh, or they said that it was going to be from noon till four o'clock. It's about six o'clock now. Um, and they said, okay, you know, from, from if, the, if the civilians leave to the east into uh, Russian and Donbass DPR held territory, they only have to go like five miles or five kilometers. And they're outside of the combat zone. Um, so the Russians said, all right, we're just anybody, you know, through this area, anybody that wants to can come east and we're not going to shoot at them. We're going to cease fire. And uh, the Ukrainian, you know, military command, the Nazis in Mariupol and the, uh, you know, Ukrainian government said, no, 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 that's not what we don't, we don't agree to that. We say that they can go uh, to, uh, to, uh, hold on a second, let me take a look at this map. Lviv, I believe. Zaporozhia, the city called Zaporozhia, which is uh, in, you know, under still Ukrainian held territory, and it's, uh, It's, I don't know, it's like 150 kilometers away or something. And so, and this 150 kilometer route for all these uh, evacuating civilians going to Zaporozhia is, of course, right along the whole, whole way. It's right along the Russian advance. So they'll be able, you know, so the, the Ukrainian plan is to, you know, say, okay, if they go to Zaporozhia, which is, a city that's also targeted right now. I mean, it's going to be uh, encircled and liberated shortly. So, I mean, by moving civilians to that city, they're just taking them, you know, out of out of out of the fire, but into the frying pan, which is going to be the fire pretty soon. And along this whole thing, it's all along the front lines. I mean, this this is the true depth of the evil of these Nazis that we are fighting, that we are saving not only the people of Mariupol and Donbass and Russia, but saving the world from. These are people that whose plan was to kill hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on this uh, offensive and who are now using every innocent civilian in Mariupol as a bargaining chip and a human shield. And so their, their bogus plan about going to Zaporozhia, it doesn't save or protect anybody. It just, it's using the civilians as a pawn to slow down the Russian offensive and, you know, and give the, the, the Nazis in Mariupol more time to set more booby traps, more bombs, 
you know, and blow up more buildings like the ones that they did today. I'll tell you something else. The Azov Battalion has, is now out of control of the Ukrainian military. This is confirmed by DPR official news that last night, the Azov Battalion refusing to uh, coordinate their operations with the Ukrainian army, uh, a Ukrainian general came to their headquarters to you know, take them under command and the Azov Nazis murdered that general, you know, in cold blood. They just shot him down. Uh, so the Ukrainian army responded by hitting their headquarters with the Tochka U, which is the biggest conventional missile that Ukraine has. It has like a thousand pounds or a thousand kilos uh, high explosive warhead. And so, you know, 20 uh, Azov Nazis and 10 uh, units of military gear were destroyed in that missile attack. I mean, but, you know, it's 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 like Mad Max. It's only now anarchy and chaos, you know, and these Nazis understand, you know, that their choice is, you know, either to die in battle or to, to surrender and, and, and work for the rest of their lives in a coal mine or something under the harshest of conditions. You know, I mean, you know, the, the hardest punishment or I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Russia brings back the death penalty to deal with some of these bastards. But he's going to, you know, they understand that that, you know, the best case scenario for them is, is a quick bullet in the head. And. Uh, so, like, obviously, this dude's like real pro Russian, right? But. That being said, I'm not willing to just write off everything that he's saying as Russian propaganda. Right. He he is in Ukraine. He has been driving around every day to the areas of the front lines and assessing the situation, seeing what's going on, talking to the people. And he's very much pro-Russian because of having spoken to the people who live there who are literally telling him how thankful they are to be getting liberated by Russia, which is why he put it that way. Right. Um, and it, it's just mind blowing because a lot of the things that we have talked about of, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if they are, you know, killing plenty more people than even what we're hearing reported of, you know, the Ukrainian military killing their own citizens. He's witnessing it. He's seeing this shit happen. He's fucking confirming that is indeed what is happening on the ground there. That speaks fucking volumes. That it's yeah. not, you know, it's not just a random person in there. Like, no, it, even, you know, independent media on the ground there is, is saying, no, this is really what's fucking happening here. These aren't just propaganda reports. This is actually happening here. Um, so that's why I wanted to at least, you know, play through to that point in the video. I will share the link into the comments here for anybody who would like to watch the rest of that interview, because the breakdown that they go into is definitely worth watching the other 30 minutes or so of this. Um, but I wanted to at least dedicate a few minutes to that part right there, because it's absolutely fucking confirming everything that we've been questioning for a minute about them using their own citizens as human fucking shields. 
and they being the ones killing off all the Ukrainian people that they're adding to this body count and claiming that it's being killed by Russia when they're killing them themselves for trying to flee. Which, I mean, honestly, like, just given the, the little bits of video that I have seen, the fact that it's only, like, 1,500 civilians, I think really does back up the claim that they are... I'm not saying that they are completely avoiding that they are being 100% careful, you know, but, like, I, I think that even a number as low as it is is showing that they are not going out of their way to target civilians, which is exactly how... Zelensky is painting it every fucking night on TV. Well, and from what I would say from the old woman that we watched last week when she was saying what she was saying and how no one would say what she is saying, yeah. that they don't want people to leave because they don't want people to say what she's saying. And... To feel like they have the ability to say that without... No, they, they're doing that because they don't want any of this information to get out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that well, yeah, and, and the Ukrainians have been censoring that as well. I mean, they Do don't you, want they don't want the perspective of the people that live there, right? And, and I mean, Ukrainian the Ukrainians have been censoring things that they are calling uh, anything that they can call Russian propaganda. So you know, anything against the official narrative essentially is more than likely being censored. Not, not to say that Russia's not doing the same, because they literally are. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, did either of you have a chance to look um, for anti-war protest footage from Russia? No, um, I did not. But I just remembered that I need to also pull up the links on the biohazard labs there that uh, have been getting targeted because um, the stuff that they're working on there. I'm not saying this is the case or not because I'm not there. I can't fucking verify. But there is suspicion that these bio labs that have been publicly announced even, you know, of being funded by the U.S. This was bragging points on their embassy page. Until last week, when these and then, and then they tried to completely deny it, and now they're like, "Well, they're there, but right." And um, once I grab these, I, I can slap those in the comments too, so that you guys can read through these sources yourselves on on your free time because it is a lot. It is very in depth. But um, one of these links is the archives of those pages that they took down talking about these bio labs. Um, so, you know, the evidence and I just realized my screen share was still going, having a dirt moment. Um, but while I search through that drive file for those, uh, if you want to, Grab the other ones you were referring to. Because all of this ties in together. All of it. Fucking all of it. This is such an intricate problem uh, that goes back years worth of layers of fuckery. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I still think that we should probably try to set aside some time to pre-record dedicated streams for, for most of that stuff, honestly. Yeah. Um, Agreed. We we've 
you can check out our last two current event streams uh, for some of the backstory um, for for Ukraine. We've we've done quite a bit of research into it, and there's a lot. There's a fucking lot. A lot. I mean, like even what we were able to get through last week in those articles was not even the tip of the iceberg. It was like the tip of the tip. That whole five hours was just not even enough. Nope, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's why I wanted to say that now because I I really don't want to end up with another five hours. Yeah, no. We have, no we have less people also right. at the moment. Um, right. So we're probably going that way. Right there, there won't be as in depth or you know long length of the discussions on it with that but uh we still don't need to even necessarily do a three-hour tour um but we can do some dedicated segments at least highlighting yeah the the most important points here you know uh, oh my god this is so many files to scroll through to find the ones on the fucking bio labs oh my god um well i guess while you get that in uh in order the next thing the last thing that i have about russia right now other than uh checking i actually i'll check youtube first okay unless chelsea wants to read this article while i search youtube and you search that okay well not necessarily read the article but discuss this list i can give input but i can't read and read at the same time that <laughs> uh the company's pulling back from russia general motors toyota volkswagen nissan um the aviation aviation company. oh my god so boeing hey. I have yeah. I have to interject right here and say that one of our defense contractors was also operating in Russia until you know the other fucking day. Um, Airbus is another aviation. Big tech is Airbnb, Amazon, Apple, Facebook. Tachi, IBM, Intel, Microsoft, Netflix, Nintendo, Roku, Sony, Spotify has decided to take a stance on something for once in life. Twitter, YouTube. Um, that's so funny that fucking Spotify is just like, this is where we strand. This is where we are. Right. Um, consulting is Accenture, EY, Pricewaterhouse Coopers. That is all one word. Energy and Metals, BP, Equinor, Exxon. Gas is pulling all the way the fuck out, and yet we are still paying more for it. Finance, uh, 
MasterCard, Visa, American, American Express. Um, so they're definitely going to be communists now, basically. Oh, man. Especially um, with China having their bags and switching them over to union pay um, just to still be able to actually make well, use. And, of- and specifically, since we're getting to the forms of payment, I don't know if we'll get down to alcohol. But I were, oh, food and beverage. There we go. Um, <laughs> Heineken. I'm skipping all of McDonald's. Uh, you're, yeah, Heineken. you're skipping a lot, but they spelled Nestle wrong. Wow. They did. Um, Coca- That's they embarrassing, Coca-Cola Sienna. wrong, too. It says Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I Are we really better? And, and look at the bowl. On Pepsi, Starbucks, Yum. <laughs> um, no, but okay. So what I wanted to say specifically about um, the finance and um, for me, I, I don't work with fast food. I'm I work with liquor, and so I've had this nightmare of like talking to people um, that come up to the register and they're just like, uh, "Oh, where do you get to take the Russian vodka off the shelves?" And you're just like we already bought it so like why don't you just buy it as a novelty item and then just leave it alone um but at the same time so now i've started buying this vodka just to get rid of it because he's not going to take it off the shelf because he already bought it so he's going to try to sell it and so when i'm buying it it's like you're like you dirty commie that's what he calls me and so i'm just like and so then he like starts talking about how it just doesn't really matter that much and uh, nobody ever buys that crap anyway, which is not crap. I mean, Russians make good vodka, but like surprise nobody buys that nobody, everybody just buys a brand that they want to buy. And um, that, I mean, that like is more popular. It's more common. It's cheaper than what I'm buying. Um, and so then he, he says he's still going to buy more of it. And I'm just like, I don't know, for one, if you can. And for two, if you're this irritated about people talking to you about these things all the time, why are you going to buy more of it? Um, so I'm wondering if liquor sales is going to affect this too. But, like, I mean, obviously they can't use the finances or the export. And I'm sure that Putin took all of this into account before he's done anything that he's done. Um, yeah. And that's not a justification. I'm just saying that I really, I really don't think that he gives a shit. I think that he knew what was going to happen. Well, I mean, let's, let's really get down to it, right? Like Hyatt, Hilton, Marriott, they all closed their offices. So like, okay. So are you, who's controlling that building now? right so i mean that's the thing and that that's just hospitality so like that's not really a big deal right and food and beverage honestly they're going to be way healthier than us they don't have mcdonald's nestle pepsi coke uh starbucks pizza hut kfc i mean come on like i don't think that the russian people are going to be hurting too much over those things right and finances finances so we basically just pushed um, Russia into trading. Crop. Well, I, I mean, okay. okay. So, 
H&M. Oh my god. We basically just pushed Russia into trading oil outside of the US dollar and doing trade in general outside of the US dollar. They're going to be on the union pay system, as Trisha already pointed out. And I think that we're going to see a lot more trade happening between, like, say, India, China, and Russia. Because, well, Russia doesn't really have a choice. But the point is, is that all we did in reality, energy, here we go. Uh, Shell, uh, they uh, ditched its joint ventures with Gazprom. Um, so, okay, you just gave it, you just gave control of that. Did I lose you guys? What happened? Rob froze. Or I froze. It's Rob's problem, not mine. <laughs> Just has him stuck there like, uh. No, I was, reading, I was reading a meme. The what if instead of gas prices going up for everybody, oil, company, oil companies simply made less money. But it's scribbled out because Nate posted it. And it said, what if instead of gas prices going up, everybody owned the oil companies and they simply made no profit? Right. <laughs> this is a public resource now. <laughs> As it should be, you know. Um, fuck. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but I guess while we... Wait for Rob's triumphant return. Uh, I'll go ahead and start screen sharing uh, these files here. And excuse the clusterfuck. The only way that I can easily just flip between tabs is to share my whole screen at once. So I don't have to like redo the screen share. Um, come on. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you to do, computer. And there's Fractalus for a moment. Um, first, I want to show you this page. I'll scroll back up to the top here before I highlight what I was on there. This is the U.S. Embassy page um, for in Ukraine, clearly, uh, specifically going into their biological threat reduction program. Um, and this has a list here of like the active research projects. Uh, including risk assessment of selected avian EDPs potentially carried by migratory birds over Ukraine. Not so much of a red flag on its own, but this. Um, prevalence of Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever virus and hantaviruses in Ukraine and the potential requirement for differential diagnosis of suspect leptospirosis patients. Um, the spread of African swine fever virus in domestic pigs and wild boars in Ukraine, building capacity for insight into the transmission of ASFV through characterization of virus isolates by genome sequencing and phylogenic analysis, and ASF biosurveillance and ASF regional risk assessment. Um, 
some of these things like with the hantaviruses, the hemorrhagic fevers, that's part of what makes me go, wait a minute, what, what are you doing here? Especially when they're specifically stating this potential requirement for differential diagnosis of suspect leptospirosis patients. And I'm like, are, are you experimenting on people? Because, I mean, not to be reactionary or fucking paranoid, but are you experimenting on people? I mean, because Nazi's going to Nazi. But uh, these other ones, and there are countless pages here. I, I shared it into the comments there. So you see the number of links that is in there. And a lot of the first ones are like this of the fact sheets that they removed that were going into the specifics about these uh, various sites. Each one of those links is for a different site. This one is for Kiev. Um, or no, this is Luhansk. Sorry. Uh, and in here, they go into a lot of details about everything, including these breakdowns of the total investment for the cost of the laboratory that our tax dollars are funding, this one alone, $1.746 or yeah, million, sorry, not billion, had to think for a minute. Um, that, that includes the design, the construction, um, and lab equipment and furniture. And every one of these has has that broken down here. This one is for Kharkiv. Uh, and this is 1.638 million for the construction, lab equipment, and furniture for this one. Like all of these are showing this paper trail of where our tax dollars have been fucking going over there. And part of what makes me call into to question the ethics of how these are being run is um, when it comes down to it, the, the looser legislation as far as what type of shit is allowed to be fucked with and in what manners. Um, so that at least it, it's not invoking necessarily an accusation, but definitely a fucking suspicion there. And scrolling back up through here. See, these are all site analysis like that. Everything one of those is another lab that we paid for. Um, so here, I'm going to end the screen share. But um, it's, it's ridiculous to actually be able to see where our fucking money is going for labs like that. And they're cutting COVID funding for, you know, dealing with something that is an active fucking pandemic still and putting funding into going to the shit. Other shit. What's up? I said, not according to fucking Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, he's a fucking liar and there's the evidence. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that, site the wayback machine is where all of the files are archived the pdfs there that they pulled down off of that um embassy website and uh there's 
there's so much in this file. So there, there will be more coming your way, but that right there is at least, um, proof you need to, you know, be able to show what, what our tax sellers, one of the things our tax sellers have been doing over there besides, you know, arming and training Nazis. Um, so I just came across, across this quote and we've all heard the end of it before, but, um, It's every war when it comes or before it comes is represented not as a war, but as an act of self-defense against a homicidal maniac. We have now sunk to a depth at which resentment of the obvious restatement of the obvious is the first duty of intelligent man. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. In times of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. I was not as familiar with the uh, first part as far as every war when it comes or before it comes. So. I read that book, but I had to get like right out of high school. So it's been more than 10 years. Fair. Big in the memory banks. Um, Rob, um, so uh, your signal cut you off like mid rant in what you're Yeah, doing. I don't even remember what it was about. <clears throat> God damn it. Fucking internet. Yeah. It's cool though. It's cool though. Um The internet is in yeah. Arizona is crap. Shit. Well, thanks. Uh, it sounds no, like I it. don't know what happened, but my router just like <laughs> was not having it for a minute, so I unplugged it and plugged it back in and now it works fine. It was George Orwell, Wade. I'm assuming it was 1984. I think that's where it was. But You're, And, uh, yeah, it is windy as shit tonight. Yeah. Extremely. Um, like, it was to snow again in the morning. It was 63 today, and it shall be snowing in the morning. Wow. So I do have a Democracy Now! video uh, from 11 hours ago. Um, it's a discussion with uh, Russian activists. Hold on. <laughs> we, we look now at protests in Russia against President Putin in Ukraine amidst a brutal crap police. More than 5,000 people were arrested at demonstrations in at least 69 cities across Russia on Sunday alone. Since the war began, more than 3,000 Russians have been arrested for speaking out. Our next guest has joined the demonstration since the day Russia began its attack in Ukraine, February 24th, which was also his wedding day. Arshak Makichan is an Armenian-Russian climate activist protesting before the war as well, as part of the school strike for the climate movement. This week, he tweeted what he called a new flag of real Russia and supported reparations to Ukraine, writing, we will be sorry forever for things done by our government, adding, real Russia is us. Arshak Makichan, welcome to Democracy Now! Are you worried about speaking out, 
given how many thousands of people, 13,000 people, have been arrested in Russia uh, by a number of estimates since the war began for protesting. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, I'm worried, but uh, uh, mostly I'm worried about Ukrainian people who are dying now because of our government. I was striking, I was protesting here in Russia for three years. I was prepared to be arrested because that's how uh, activism works in Russia. If you're doing something and if you have influence, then they arresting you. And yeah, that's the price of activism in Russia. And yeah, I was ready uh, to be arrested. I'm, I'm ready to be arrested because it's our life in Russia. It's activist's life in Russia. And the terrible thing that that's happening in Russia that they starting to torture people, even detain people from peaceful protest, uh, even in Moscow, and the situation is getting worse and worse. Like, like two years ago, it was difficult to be an activist. A year ago, it was worse when they tried to poison Navalny and they declared that he is team extremist. And now it's like living in the, in dictatorship. Like they they can stop you on the street and uh, like start searching you, and you cannot do anything against it. Like you don't have anything to defend yourself. And like it's terrible to live in Russia now because it's terrible to see how insane can the regime go because they haven't can i just point out real quick that in all these videos that we're showing or that they are showing i'm sorry um they have not used chemical agents once right. i mean there's I, i'm not saying that they're not being brutal but like here in the u.s we get that plus flashbangs and chemical agents right so the U.S. really doesn't have room to talk about condemning anybody else's policing. Um, right. And, and I, th again, obviously, I'm not saying that, like, yeah, the police should beat the shit out of protesters. No, but, I mean, everybody's acting like the crackdown is so brutal. And in well, reality, this is a lot milder than what out of the United States. I mean, between Occupy and the George Floyd uppers, are you fucking kidding me? Right, those got extremely violent. Um, so, so, like, is this okay? No, but is it okay for the U.S. to condemn that as if the U.S. isn't guilty of that and more? No. This reminds me of that stupid fortune that I got that I sent to the, a separate chat. The uh, charity begins at home and justice begins next door. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the most fucked up fortune cookie that I've ever seen. Um, but this reminds me of that because it's just like, give to your neighbor because we're not taking care of our own people. But also justice begins next door. And we're going to pretend like we have the authority to talk about these social justice issues that we are committing in our own territory. Like, it's not right. that we shouldn't pay attention to it. It's just that the people that are paying attention to it are acting like they're not doing it. And so it's just like, oh, we need to help our neighbor next door right now. And then 
there's no accountability whatsoever where we are right now. Right. Like, why does this matter so much to people? It's like if it was not realize that they're going without constantly and now they're taking this side and they're not understanding that it's fucking them even more than we've already been being fucked if it was being done right both of those fucking things would begin at home and extend next door exactly you can't only do half of the fucking equation and be like see how awesome I am in comparison to my neighbor? Like, no, you're failing. Um, you know, it's, it's fucking horrendous. The things that the U S does, but then points that finger at all the other countries in the world, you know, like, Oh, you're invading a country while the U S is invading like 20 or so. Yeah. Yeah, But Russia is, is the invader of the 21st century. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like, I mean, you know, like, you notice that they always say that the this is the biggest invasion, this is the biggest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II, but, like, they always have to throw in, in Europe. Like, well, no, was, not, in, not in the world. <laughs> That's for I mean, this sure. gives people the inclination to bring up Stalin again in public as if that is even relatable to what is happening right now. Not even. And as if, and as if we have not had times in which we have killed, starved, exploited all of that, our own people through capitalism. Like, I mean, well, yeah, weird though, because this whole thing with Russia specifically Anytime somebody talks about Russia now, Stalin is at the tip of the tongue every single fucking time. Or, yeah, do you have any idea how many times I've heard he's trying to rebuild the Soviet Union? No, (laughs) he made his intentions perfectly clear in his speech. He wants to rebuild the Russian Empire. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which was a whole different beast. Yeah. Um... I do want to bring us to that, like, I know this is going to be painful to a point, but I want us to, I want to bring us to a roughly two minute clip of Tucker Carlson, like being so close to the point that he could taste it and then making it something it wasn't fair. I mean, he was, he was actually going on a pretty decent rant for about half of it. And then he tries to tie in woke culture and fucking cancel corporations and <laughs> right like, but I, like I, I cannot stand that fucking man and to watch that clip i was like what fucking universe are we that i even just agreed with him on anything i Hello. know dude it is kind of wild but the reason that I wanted to, to bring it up on the stream is so that way, you know, we can all, like, talk to people that we actually know that might think this dude's got a good take on something. And we can at least, we have somewhere to start. At least on this one topic, we have somewhere to But 
if they agree with even half of what he says in the first minute, assuming that I started at the right place, then there's plenty to work off of, honestly. But he always ties it back to bullshit. Uh, cancel culture being the big thing in this example, but yeah. Anyway, I'll just shut up and let him make an ass of himself here. So good at it. Game predicated on a war with Russia. He wrote about this the other day in The Federalist. Quote, in the course of what we call the NATO-Russia War in 2019, we estimated earlier, 1 billion people died. 1 billion. And if we aren't careful, what happened in a simulation could happen if a NATO-Russia war erupts over Ukraine. That war has just erupted. The fact that no one in charge seems to worry about where this could go should concern you quite a bit. But nuclear war is not the only risk. The economic consequences of this war are already profound. They're history-changing, actually. And if you don't believe it, check out commodity prices. They're out of control. Wheat is up nearly 60% over last year. That's the highest price ever recorded for wheat. Not good news if you plan to eat, and it won't get better. <laughs> Russia is one of the largest fertilizer producers in the world. So, for example, a ton of urea fertilizer that cost American farmers $265 per ton last January now goes for $846 this year. And thanks to sanctions, that number will get much higher. No one who farms has ever seen anything like this. You probably don't farm, but you do buy groceries. It'll be obvious to you soon. In fact, thanks to Biden is shooting up in price and shockingly fast gasoline is now higher than it's ever been in the history of gasoline i i just want to interject here to say like this is where it starts he's i i'm, I'm having some triggers here too personally my mother loves this man i've actually had to leave the room same same yeah which is why i was so conflicted with myself with going wait a minute he actually just... No, and that's part... I mean, I don't know when we're stopping for opinions here, but... Um, he, um, Probably before he devolves in his woke shit, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, he's already saying that Biden's responsible for the gas prices, which he well, literally just laid out why that's not true. Right. But... I mean, that doesn't matter, but it's just really funny because you hear... Republicans consistently talking about how nobody wants to work anymore and and they don't see that there is a severe um, issue with the economy collapsing and wages not being worth enough and when wages aren't worth enough and you're not making enough to pay your bills anyway, you're still much more likely to leave because you're not going to get there anyway. And so, and then it, he will cover something like this and talk about how much everything costs, and it does not register to them that these are these are these are intertwined fucking problems. And as a sociology major, and while I am not like trying to act as an authority in that. At the same time, you can see now, even in an undergrad situation, that everything is connected and and, and everybody just acts like it's coincidental all of the time. And, and it's amazing to me how he will talk about inflation when it benefits him. But when you talk about poor people or you talk about homeless people, then he doesn't give a fuck. That. That. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. 
anyway, um, I'm gonna let this spiral spiral rapidly out of control and then turn it off. In Los Angeles, it is selling for seven dollars and twenty nine cents a gallon. So if you make under a hundred grand a year, and most people in this country do, that qualifies as a crisis for you. But for the people in charge, it's not high enough. They'd like to make it worse. Their latest idea that a lot of people seem to be buying is that we have a moral obligation somehow to stop buying Russian oil. It's tainted. Okay. What would happen if we did that? Well, needless to say, oil prices would jump, likely to over $150 a barrel, even higher prices for you. But then if that boycott spread and moral boycotts tend to, and Europe joined it, buckle your seatbelt. We talked to someone in the energy business this morning, energy traders, to get a little perspective on this. He said a total boycott of Russian energy would cause, quote, an absolute global disaster. That means recession, depression, uncontrollable inflation, and the rest. Economic devastation to us and our allies. And at that point, in fact, we're already there, we'd be forced to make up the difference by getting more oil from other countries because we need the energy. Batteries aren't going to supply it. So what would those countries be? Pretty clear, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Venezuela. To repeat, in order to wage a moral boycott, we become more dependent on Saudi Arabia, governed by Sharia law, Iran, a rogue state, and Maduro's Venezuela. Because this is a moral statement we're making. This is a moral victory. So feel good about it as you go bankrupt. That's the short-term picture. The long-term picture of war with Russia is even scarier than that. Thanks to Biden's policies, Russia and China now form a block against the United States. This was the nightmare scenario. Now it's real. Just today, the Chinese foreign minister described Vladimir Putin as China's, quote, most important strategic partner. So are we going to see a boycott of Chinese goods in the United States? They're making this war possible. Oh, don't bet on it. That would be racist. But we should prepare to lose our position as holder of the world's reserve currency. That is happening in slow motion. It's unmistakable. Now, the Biden people seem to have no idea this is going on, or maybe they want it to happen. Joe Biden was up there at the State of the Union bragging about how he took 30 points off the Russian ruble in a single day. Hooray! Good for us! But once we stop celebrating our win, the destruction of the Russian economy, they deserve it. You got to wonder, is there a downside to this? Could it be a Pyrrhic victory? Let's see. These policies have driven Russia, China, India, Turkey, and other countries to accelerate their flight from the U.S. dollar. Now, to be clear, that's the majority of the global economy. This may be the most reckless and destructive thing any American president has ever done to the United States. If the war in Ukraine ended tomorrow, we would live with the consequences of that loss of the world's reserve currency for the rest of our lives. No one in Washington is even acknowledging this is happening. They're looking for more moral to win. And the companies love it. The woke companies, Apple, MasterCard, lots of other American companies are taking victory laps for their role in punishing Russia. Great. Punish Russia. We're not against that. But you've got to wonder. You've just seen a handful of woke corporations crash a country and impoverish its citizens indiscriminately. Now, that country is Russia, so most of us aren't even thinking about the precedent it sets. We're fine with it. It's Russia who cares. But is it possible these same techniques might be used someday against some place or somebody that you care about? What if one morning you woke up and they decided that you're Vladimir Putin and you must be erased? Could that happen? Don't think about it. You're probably not able to think about it clearly right now, even if you tried. Why? Because there's a moral panic in progress. 
For the record, this is the third moral panic we have had in the United States of America in less than two years. You don't and want to live in a country in which moral panics go. break out regularly, by the way. Moral panics diminish the people engaged in them and hurt the people who don't. They're degrading. They're crazy. They're the opposite of what you want. You want to live in a country where wisdom and restraint and rational behavior and decency determine the outcomes, not screaming. But we live in a country of moral panics. The first one began in May of 2020 with the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. That changed America completely. The second moral panic was COVID. You've lived through that. So for nearly two years, the shouting has not ended. Hysteria is now the official language of public discourse in the United States. All right. I'm, I'm done. The point is, you see how quickly that spiral with the woke companies and then fucking... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like he's trying to make a point and then he loses the point that he's trying to make and then just says appeals to some bullshit that he wants to accuse people of saying. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and also, okay, my thing is, is that so I read this book and I had to like look it up because it's been like six years. I was working in this um, Middle Eastern restaurant owned by a white woman, not like actually Middle Eastern. Um but so I had this table of people that were from Turkey and they were really annoying the whole time. I think it was just like a misunderstanding of what like cultural politeness. I think that's where it like was off a little bit. And I was just like, Ugh. but then I like went to the table and they left this book on the table and I like ran out there and I was like, you love your book. And they were like, no, that's your book. And so it was called Reset, Iran, Turkey, and America's Future. And I'm pretty sure that the, the country that was specifically blamed in the Middle East for the treatment of Turkey um, was Saudi Arabia. I'm pretty sure. It's been it's almost six years, so I could be wrong. But just the way that he was twisting all of these things and to try to tell us where to get oil from as if we get all of our oil from Russia. He's pretending that we get most of our oil from Russia. It's 3%, by the way. It's not... I mean, no, once he said Saudi Arabia, I was just like, I'm pretty sure that was where the problem started in some kind of aspect with the Middle East involving the U.S. Um, So... I cannot remember. I need to reread that book, but because I mean, I obviously was not as politically inclined at the time. It was random and very weird, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. It was a weird mixture of words that he was using. Right. It's swinging that pendulum between being so right and being so fucking wrong and it's like oh my god how hard can you ride this thing um because like even okay in the in the video like he almost almost fucking had it when he's like how is this taking an ethical stance basically to be like okay we're we're gonna buy oil from these other countries that have clearly you know many ethical problems going on in the way that these countries are running, especially with their oil oligarchs and how they handle business to like, what kind of moral ground is that or ethical ground is that to stand on to be like, okay, we're, we're gonna, 
you know, just boycott Russian oil, but be okay with grabbing it from other countries that have clear human rights violations going on, being committed by their governments, things like that. It's like, oh, fuck. But then he wants to go and totally, like you said, spiral down, spiral down again. Fucking, it's, it's crazy how many times in that couple of minutes he almost fucking got it. Almost. Like I said, he was close enough to the fucking point to taste it and still mm-hmm. didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what the fuck? And yeah, Lee, correct. We are a fucking oil company with an army. That is the U.S. in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're a little over two hours in. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's all right. We only have two think, well, technically three, but Starbucks unionization, I just wanted to say there was another store that voted or that is going to vote to, uh, unionize. Um, that's what's up. That's, that's really it. It's another one in the Buffalo area. Um, I think that we've already talked about it, but the the a location in Mesa, Arizona, became the first Starbucks outside of the Buffalo, New York area to uh, unionize. Um, and since we're out here in Arizona, I would like to find uh, somebody who works there, uh, you know, that was involved with the campaign to come on and talk about it, but. That's playing with what ifs. <laughs> I mean, to a point. I mean, I, I'm going to see if I can uh, figure out uh, a contact. But um, anyway. It would be the, interesting to see if they're pushing for it here, too, because, I mean, the state did swing purple in the last election rounds. So. Must be nice. Well, I mean, if you're referring to Arizona, <laughs> the only the only location that is voted to unionize outside of the Buffalo, New York area is here in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That was really quick. I don't even know how I did that. <laughs> um, Oklahoma is going to be the death of me leave <laughs> yeah i was gonna say you could just like not be there you are not a tree tell that to kyle you're mobile kyle might be a tree i don't know i've never met he's him. got a house so he's more of a tree than i am so <laughs> fair but make it fun grab a map and some darts and a couple beers like okay <laughs> Where are we going to go? I'm just we talked about New Mexico, but I didn't feel like that was better. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's it's blue fascist instead of red fascist. The only cool yeah. thing is that I would literally know nobody. And so I was like, all right. Take Not me true. To the desert to you would die. know Nate. Right. You would know one what? buddy. See, he would do well with that. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. oh, dude, yeah, they'd be hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. Guarantee it. Oh, yeah.
Um, so the last two things that I have, uh, and I'm just going to make this one quick. It's uh, uh, about the North Korean missile launches. Um, the Biden administration says two North Korean missile launches were test firings of a powerful new long-range intercontinental ballistic missile and warned Thursday that a full-range test could soon follow. But the thing is, though, um, that it, it, it's not supposed to be... According to North Korea, it is not a ballistic missile. According to North Korea, they were testing cameras that are going to go on a spy satellite. Um, How does that yeah. get fucking twisted into an intercontinental missile? Uh, ask the Pentagon press secretary. Um. Anyway, uh, multiple UN Security Council resolutions prohibit North Korea from firing our ICBMs, and the U.S. will announce a new round of sanctions on Friday meant to make it more difficult for the country to access technology needed for its weapons programs. So the U.S. wants to inflict more suffering, more isolation, and ultimately more pain on the citizens of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. I don't, I don't really know how else to take that. Yeah. That just... What the fuck? Everyone That's... must suffer. And then... Uh, well, we've, we've talked about this a bit. The, uh, the FBI luring... Uh, some right-wingers into trying to kidnap the governor of Michigan and then arrested him for it. Yep. Well, the, tr the trial that? started. I was that in private chat? I don't know, honestly. I can't remember, but I was like, what the fuck? And I don't know how, I mean, it's cool that she failed. She is the one person that specifically made me buy that, uh, Planned Parenthood makes America great, Pat. Uh, what? Why do they gotta, like, try to use the making America great again thing? I don't care. I just bought the hat because Planned Parenthood, and I thought that that was badass. At least that a politician was doing that, because normally people try to kind of sweep it under the rug and pretend that they just don't want to talk about that when they're for it, and she was not that way. Um, but I did not know any of her other politics and I never pretended that I really did. Uh, cause I mean, I was like, she's gotta be full of shit in some kind of way. Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, that's great to be lending the support that Planned Parenthood needs, but why in that way? Cause blue MAGA is just as gross as the wrong kind of red MAGA. Just saying. Oh, I mean... I kind of get what you're saying because they use the same gimmick kind of yeah. line. That's what made me cringe. <laughs> so like, I get that. Uh, but it's because you want to get on Republicans' nerves and make them mad instead of having conversations with them and giving them facts about things. Not that facts always help. Obviously, they don't. But So it could actually just be some super master level trolling. 
which yeah she seemed to be a good troll i mean she made me want to buy something <laughs> fair that okay i understand that's all i was saying sorry <laughs> uh it's just super gimmicky but uh yeah i never wear that hat either i'm just like it's like getting a communist tattoo you just don't wear it in public just bought it to kick some money towards cause <laughs> but um anyway this 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 fucking trial started right i think I, it was opening arguments today and the like I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that it's that it's such a the uh, the the prosecutors and the defense, of course, don't line up. And, and the the prosecutor, Assistant U.S. Attorney uh, Jonathan Roth, is arguing that these men were willing, eager, if not already preparing to get Whitmer before investigators infiltrated the group. No. The FBI, wasn't it, um, introduced yeah. them to each other, okay? Yeah. The, the group didn't exist until the FBI created it. Um, right. Right. And then gave them the things that they needed to do to do the thing that they told them to do. Yeah. Um, which, you know, the defense attorney, uh, uh, I guess I should just read this first line. The four men charged with planning to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer were swayed by informants and federal agents who targeted them for their anti-government views, defense attorneys said Wednesday, portraying the men as big talkers and wannabes who never meant what they said. Sounds like most right-wingers I know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the precedents that this case sets could be important just based on that alone claiming that they were targeted for their anti-government views which i think is a big factor right it it definitely is and it made them easy targets for these federal agents to try to rope together and create this group and the plot it's just, it, what the fuck precedence does this set for things like entrapment? Because that is yeah. to the T what this is, you know, consisting of. The, the FBI created this situation. These fucknuts probably would have stayed keyboard warriors sitting at home on the internet just talking about being anti-government if it wasn't for FBI actually stepping in and introducing them and providing them the means and the plan to try to yeah including the the blowing up of the bridge by Whitmer's house so the police couldn't respond promptly right this is orchestrated by the FBI why aren't they being arrested and charged for for literally setting all of this up and these guys, they're they're trying to claim investigators stepped in and stopped tragedy when the men were planning to acquire a bomb to blow up a bridge. Uh, how did well, they I mean, who stop a bridge? Was... They created it. Right, right. What were you going to say? 
I, I don't even remember. Uh, I do want to put this um, article in the comments, though. And, John, I tend to agree with this, actually. They created the January 6th attempted coup also. You cut out for a minute. Is that You said there's an update on the January 6th? No, Shit. no. John said they created the January 6th coup also. Oh. You cut out and I'm not on that screen. I'm, I'm still reading through the rest of the article to see if there is anything else worth highlighting here. I mean, there's, there's quite a bit, there, uh, which yeah. is why I shared it in the thing. But there, there is a... Uh, they, they have ongoing coverage of it. It's from AP News, by the way. Um, but I would assume that they will be reconvening tomorrow morning. And I think that it's definitely a case that we need to... Uh, keep an eye on. Uh, yeah, it says here, defense attorney Joshua Blanchard said the FBI lined up an informant with a long criminal history to reach out to Croft, one of the defendants, and lure him to militia meetings and gun training in Ohio, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Another informant, Blanchard, said drove Croft all the way to Wisconsin from Delaware. Uh, he said there was no plan, there was no agreement, and no kidnapping. Um, um, well, if uh, I want to address this comment here. Um, I don't think the January 6th was a coup, but I think that they thought it was going to be. Right. Attempted coup. Yeah, I mean that that's that's all. Yeah. Uh they were they, they were wearing they they definitely wanted a war though. I mean not enough yeah. to start one. Uh, they were all wearing shirts of the war two January sixth, twenty twenty one, or what the fuck ever. Yeah, they had merch. That's how well planned that was ahead of time. They had fucking merch. I mean, but they didn't. They didn't plan to hold government proceedings in a government building that you just took control of. I mean, how fucking stupid can you get? Right. They didn't know what the fuck to do once they got in there. It's ridiculous. And yeah, it, it looked like a stupid riot to us too. <laughs> yeah, we that's that's like, why we did our first stream on that because we're literally like well, I mean, before they got in, we were kind of like, Oh my god, is this really gonna happen? Like we should probably like go live for the first time and commentate this. And then they got in and we're like, Really? This is this is it? That's, that's <laughs> funny to be like a first live stream because like honestly, I really I was at Home Depot that day working. I worked at Home Depot and I was hearing about it and they were just like, the country is falling apart. And me, I was just like, not necessarily as informed, but I was just like, oh, you think that's just now happening? And so I was just like, what? 
Um, and so I, but that's funny because I mean, that would be gnarly to just be like actually talking and looking at it consistently. Cause I, at that time was of this whole mindset that I was just like, I don't want to look at Facebook right now. Which is kind of how I felt when this whole Ukraine thing started. I haven't felt that since the coup. And so I was like, mass stupidity is really hard for me to deal with when it's happening all at one time. I'm already upset like half the time just about the state of the world in general. So to watch it all just like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't be in this reality. I can't do it. That's kind of how we felt like, wait a fucking minute. We were having a collective existential crisis moment and like the show was still in the planning stages and it really only came yeah, from we were... our group chats that we were just like, you know, there's probably some people who would like to listen to this bullshit we're talking about. And so when that happened, it was just like, okay, we can't wait. We can't keep waiting. This is no longer planning stages necessarily. We've got to go live for this shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah, it absolutely was a shit show. But uh, as I said in the comments, it's largely the media that has called it a coup. Um, I mean, I've heard a couple of people say it that or say it, but and and I mean, we did at first too, is like a half-ass joking thing, but like the media ran with that for months, and now like everybody. You know, whether it's jokingly or not, everybody pretty much refers to it as the coup or the insurrection. Yeah. Um, to be fair. It, and, it and yeah, I mean, I depending on where you're at in Europe, that is another weekend. <laughs> I just always think of that stupid fucking shaman dude and how I think, I mean, at least one of his parents died while he was... I'm just like, you fucked your whole life for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you missed the death of one of your parents. Not because of, like, a principled reason or you just weren't. You missed it because you decided to get political in a weird, crazy way and then get arrested. And that was what was gnarly, too. You would think that it would be, like, people like us because we're always talking shit about and But it's not. It's these crazy Republicans. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and that just goes back to show that they didn't have a real plan. Um, I was going to say something else to uh, Requities here, but I don't remember what I was going to respond to. There's a lot of comments. That's like weird to me that people use those words like insurrection and coup because like nothing actually really happened other than a whole bunch of people being really stupid and dying. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, um, it is actually scary that we are getting to the point that if there was an uprising, it would literally have to be all of us. I mean, because at this point, no movement is big enough to change what is happening right now. And that used to not be the case in history. I mean, you read a lot of history being like, you can change this and there wasn't as as much technology as we have now and so now we're actually stuck in this the, there's not a movement big enough unless it is the entire world yeah yeah um 
And now I made it dark, like I always do. I still forgot what I was going to say. I thought I had it back. I was hoping maybe me adding to the same conversation that it might trigger something and it didn't. So. No. Will the context come back? Still hoping for a boomerang moment. Oh, yeah. So a big part of like our narrative during the January 6th thing was talking about how different it was when Black Lives Matter marched in D.C. It was fucking riot cops the whole way up the Capitol steps. They never even got on the steps, let alone in the building. There was like four cops there on January 6th because the rest of them were cool with it or off duty and at the riot. Um, and, and that's a lot of where our, um, counter narrative on that, uh, came from. And since you asked, uh, what's everyone's political views and stances? Um, well, I mean, I guess the, I'll go first. I consider myself a Marxist-Leninist. I'm a Marxist-Leninist with anarchist dreams. <laughs> I don't like That's this. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. I am Chelsea's all like, I, I'm not a liberal, okay? Right. <laughs> you don't sound like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, uh, I, I would say the same. I like Trisha's answer better. But I also get weird when someone's like, hello, you don't know me, but I need to know what you are. So I was like, mm, I don't like. It's, it's a point of curiosity. That's okay. You know, this is a pan leftist organization. We have people here all across the left, the real left that begins with anti-capitalism, doesn't include Democrats. Um, I'm newer to this than they are, so. I'm just used to trolls being weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, like even in, in more modern context of application of those lines of thought, um, we, we have locked arms with the United Panther movement because that right there, that brings that Marxist-Leninist and Maoist thought into how to apply it to more modern context um, and actually, you know, be able to see some solutions for society's problems there. So I guess, yeah, maybe to be more like our line of thought is uh, pantherism. I like that. I'm a sociology major. So yes. actually, yes, uh, my political ideology is sociology. It could change at any given moment, but it will probably be very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> What is a Carlist? Am I going to have to Google that? I'm curious too. We've all had to Google some specific terms lately. Slang terms. But. Yep, I'm not familiar with that one. It, it seems like people are just coming at me with new labels on things. And I'm just like, not Marxist Leninist. Like, I know that. But like, I'm just like, what's going on? Why are people doing this to me? Why do we have to Google everything all the time now? 
Monarchus. Hmm. Okay. A traditionalist and legitimist political movement in Spain aimed at establishing establishing sorry an alternative branch of the Bourbon dynasty. One descended from Don Carlos, Count of Molina, on the Spanish throne. The movement was founded in consequence of a dispute over the succession laws and widespread dissatisfaction with the Alphonsine line in the House of Bourbon. My cat's okay. name is Molina. Um, I, I know who they're referring yeah. to there. And th did the, the history alone surrounding him and Mary, Queen of Scots, was quite some shit. Um, but yeah, that, that was some serious contention between him and his cousins over the throne. Um, I don't know how comfortable I would be with bringing any monarchy family back into power, though, because that removes power from the people. And our belongs in the hands of the people. <laughs> Does it make for intriguing, you know, reading on history? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, there's there's a reason why uh, the bourgeoisie revolutions happened, and following those, uh, numerous revolutions of the people to actually overthrow then the bourgeoisie taking the same type of power as what the monarchy had. And it's because every time those things left the people um, with a total lack of a voice in any fucking thing that happened to them and uh, consolidated power like that, it breeds corruption. So it's... To be honest, I'm going to have to... Um... Read more into this because I am a history nerd, and to be honest, I don't know that much about Spain other than, say, the Spanish American War. Yeah. Um, Requited said, We are traditionalists. We believe in a strong community with the church and a key role in society. We want the true line of kings, the line of King Carlos, restored. We also want our regional right protected from strong central government. Um, that that part doesn't make sense to me because wouldn't a monarchy coming back into power be a central government? And I mean, even more centralized than what you would have with, say, a elected representative government, whether they actually represent your views or not is another thing that's a problem we have here um right on i don't know i've never been to spain i hope to be able to visit there one day and you know see what's up there's a lot of places i would love to travel to but that requires <laughs> things like money um but uh it's interesting anyway, we are over two and a half hours now. Um, my, uh, I, we covered all the topics that I had anyway. Does anybody else have anything else or should we work Not, on I wrapping it up? I think that we hit on everything that we had discussed throughout the week. Um, I'm pretty sure. If anything comes back to mind later, we'll just have to circle back next week. 
but, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I guess I will pull up. So the... I got real quiet there. Hey, I'm going I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna to keep being quiet. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring up the jamage, you know, the the music, the jamage. It is. It's the flam bam jam. The flam bam abuse mix. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> hope all of you have uh, enjoyed the show. You can find us all over social media. Um thing is it's been months and we still haven't fixed that. It's it has Hasn't been called the For Winnie Support Group in probably like eight months. At least, yeah. It wasn't called that for very long before it became the Education Group. Um, education we also and have, Discussion Group. Yes, yes. And we also have a mutual aid group on there. Um, and I think this is dope that we have a few new people on tonight watching. Thank you for joining us. I hope yeah. you guys come back. This has been fucking sweet. It was nice to meet all of the uh, newcomers. I've never seen uh, Lee or Requitis or uh, there was somebody else earlier. I don't. I'm not scrolling back that far. Anyway, <laughs> Lee is I want to know. I need to know later. <laughs> Lee's the one that um, has introduced me to those videos, like the one that I shared earlier. He sent me that one last night. Um, yeah, we go way back. And uh, indeed, it is time for the music, James. Smoke them if you got them. Good night,